This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to Spoiler Warnings. I'm Christian and I'm joined with Martin. Morning. Ryan. Great. And Hi. Freya. <laughs> Evening. Anyway, before we started, I need to give a warning that there will be Hussock podcast ahead. So if you haven't watched these episodes yet, make sure to turn around now. Um, so anyway, this week we watched Love and Monsters, an all-time classic, followed by Claws of Axos, an episode that is questionable in its quality. So, um, would any of you like to run us down what happens in Love and Monsters? That's an overview of the plot. I mean, there's so much to say about it. It's uh, we just follow okay. the story of Elton Pope, who's talking about his encounter with the Doctor and him and his group of friends trying to find the Doctor, and then they get ambushed, and Victor Kennedy comes in, who also is looking for the Doctor, and instructs them to take more serious direction towards it. And it turns out Victor Kennedy is actually an absorbing alien from outer space who just absorbs people. That's the absorb a lot, if you will. Yes, that's the rundown. Absorb a what's it? <laughs> so, so what do you guys think of it then? It's fantastic. I actually really like it, despite everyone Such a great story. hating it. Like, I think everyone loves it. They're yeah. lying to yeah. I think people love to hate it. Yeah, I, I think yeah. they like to make memes about it, but actually. It's it's kind of good. It's you know, it's, series it's, two is a really mixed series, right? But I don't you, like it. Like Impossible uh, Planet. Yeah. Mm, okay, I'm gonna disagree with you there. No, 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 no. We can't have that. Out <laughs> of the fireplace. Nah, no, I'd yeah. rather watch. Throw that out as well. I love the Out <laughs> of the fireplace. See, but the, like, I think that's Too why it's so mixed because for every episode that you, in that series that you say I really hate, there'll be someone else that loves it and. Yeah, but I who loves fear her? Oh, actually, that's a good point. But also, the council—that's a good point. The council, like, the, council the, the only redeemable oh, feature good. for fear is Kel the councilman, and that's and it. Don't forget, don't forget that Rose exists in this season. Yeah, I, I ignore that a lot. Like when we were, oh, okay. um, when Martin and I were writing the notes for this episode, we were generally praising Love and Monsters quite a bit, and then came Rose, and I wrote just oh, Rose. Rose is in this episode, and. It was almost perfect episode, you know, but Rose has to come in. And even like yeah. at the end when she's like, you upset my mum. It's like, you stop it, Rose. Mom. Just stop it. I'm so frustrated to, by all of her presence. To be fair, like too. the first scene that she's in, she's portrayed as more of the classic companion who just sort of muddles up like things that they're meant to do, which I, I think is, is just nice. Uh, that was a comedic scene, to be fair. Like, that was that. amusing. I that's one of my favourite scenes, actually. I think that scene really... That scene. Oh, it is. Like, it, it's funny, but also it portrays sort of Elton's um, ability to sort of warp what actually happened, because th- there's no way that that actually happened, but he just sort of made sort of his own slant on it. And I, I think that's uh, that's just a good... Oh, I um, never thought of the unreliable narrator angle yeah. on this. Yeah, that is actually kind of interesting. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Like, did it actually all happen in the way it did? Which is possibly why, if we um, talk a bit about uh, Victor Kennedy and his observable off, it's possibly why um, he looks a bit bad because it's not actually what yeah. he looked like. Because this is his video diary, and we are going by what he said. 
Um, but he's clearly an unreliable narrator, and his I've trauma never thought from... about that before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like his trauma as a kid, he never remembered what happened on that night his mum died, and that was a mental block. So, oh. what if something really disastrous happened, and he? painted it over with something like something more goofy like the Absorbloth so that his mind can process it. Or he thought it'd be a good storytelling thing. Something to get over the trauma, you know? Yeah. Like, he's clearly unhinged throughout the episode, right? Like, you get random cuts of him dancing to Mr. Blue Sky. (laughs) I can't do it. Wait, is that not normal? (laughs) <laughs> that feels quite normal. I'm, I'm going to stand it, by my like... unhinged comment. You may want to check your video entries. <laughs> I'm just saying, if River's going to dig up your past, you don't want that to be a video entry she finds. I know. <laughs> That's fair I'm sure River vibes to ELO at some point. <laughs> I would like to vibe yeah. to ELO. Who does not vibe to ELO? That's, exactly. that's, real, huh? that's true. Yeah, so the episode took yeah. a bit of a took a bit of a classic trope of these found footage stories, or it kind of interlaced future parts of the episode early on, um, kind of as foreshadowing. Mm. How do you think that worked? It it sort of it kind of works because it entices the story, like oh, okay, what happens to this girl that he's mentioned? Who is this Victor Kennedy he's mentioned? But at the same time, it did kind of basically spoil the story, like you knew something at least bad is going to happen to this girl that he is going to fall in love with. Um, so you're just waiting for that to happen, I guess. Mm. That just kind of, I guess, up the yeah, space I... in your head, right? Mm. Plus, if he wants to be a good storyteller, he like probably the... wouldn't have said that at the beginning. Yeah. So I don't get why the bad things that happened to Ursula are mentioned right at the start. I, I don't think that's a thing he'd do, and I don't think it yeah. works. I, I I think because the storyline it, it's a fairly basic story. Like I don't think it needs that um, foreshadowing. I mean, it it, it kind of creates some tension because you're like, what's going to happen? But uh, like upon rewatches, it doesn't it's really just add there too for much. padding. It makes it longer than it should be. Well, yeah, they could have added more to the story than all have ten that. seconds padding. Well, it still felt long. <laughs> well, it does. It just it does reuse scenes. And like I think parts of the episode just reuse clips and I mean interestingly the episode does um Big Ben from Aliens of London again where the ship crashes into it. Same um, shot for sure, yeah. Well it's the same shot for sure shot and I was thinking turn left decides to do this as well but obviously they change history. Um yeah because the Titanic doesn't blow up the earth does it? Yeah but <laughs> no, only the South <laughs> London <laughs> Sorry Ken. No wait not sorry. Um <laughs> <laughs> I will say when when I come to this yesterday, when Elton's windows blow up due to the sonic blast in uh, Christmas Invasion, and he's like, "There was glass all over my floor. I had to make up a technique to walk over it to not stand on it barefoot." And you just watch him put his palms foot, like foot down onto his windowsill where there is shattered glass. Yeah, this is a not mentally oh, yeah. well man. This is not. <laughs> I a, think a, the conclusion we can gain from that is that he's just a massive drama queen. Yeah, Just that makes probably. sense. I mean, all, all of us a bit extra, though. Like, is is this really a story about humanity and our capability of just being incredibly extra? Well, yeah, and it links to the Doctor Who community, you know, in Linda. Oh yeah. Um, 
So that's our analogy in this episode, right? Yeah, what do we think about Linda? Yeah. And I love that them. Whole thing? They're so sweet. They're so lovely. Like they feel like real characters. Like you could just know them in person. Yeah, I think that's like one of RTD's biggest strengths, and that's why I really love this episode. They just feel like people you might know. And also, I like um, that they're so varied because, like, you you get like different kinds of people that turn up who like different things, but they're all united by the Doctor, just like the fandomists, because you get people of all ages and coming from all over the world in the fandom but they're all joined by the doctor which i think is lovely yeah and conceptually that like works really well as an episode right the idea that there are people hunting for the doctor it's taking um clive searching for the doctor and rose to the next level basically you even have the 10th doctor mm. digitized on a blog as opposed to clive finding pictures of the ninth doctor on the on the titanic for example <laughs> yeah those totally legit pictures <laughs> no, it's, you do better photoshopping right <laughs> I mean, we do. Yeah. But like, and then and then the episode brings in Jackie, and I think oh. I actually kind of wish the episode had more Jackie. I think um, Jackie like, was wait, great. Yeah. I think the utilization of Jackie, as much as it hurts me to watch, because we are watching them do a bad thing and using Jackie. Um, the episode doesn't go about being like, oh yeah, this is totally acceptable. It does actually punish them for like getting at Jackie this way. Yeah. Um, but Camilla Kazuri is such mm. a powerhouse and like I kind of wish she would have been one of the oh, people helping hunt for the doctor say that she lost contact with Rose and is trying to find that the would have been really nice yeah well, she clearly had a lot of fun at the role though but you could, oh, yeah. you could tell and I yeah. mean the way like, the way Jackie was used this episode was good as well like the idea that she's left behind it really makes you feel for her yeah. integrating her fully yeah. into a plot would have also like, been interesting yeah the I, Mickey name drop I think as well. it really lends especially including Jackie, yeah. Um, it really lends itself into this whole idea of people who know the Doctor or have met the Doctor at some point. Like, he, he's not exactly the best person to be around. I mean, of course, the adventures and stuff are great, but when he goes, people yeah, are just sort of no, left in the lurch. I enjoy the stories that just kind of point out that the Doctor isn't the best of people, right? It's like, there are points in mm. eras where the Doctor is glorified too much, and you see this happen, like, and you need turns around to show that actually the Doctor isn't the best of characters, so yeah. Moffat goes on the Series 6 arc that the Doctor rises so high but falls so far. Um, thanks last week's podcast. Um, <laughs> and you really need to demystify the Doctor sometimes, because as great as he is, and you know, Capaldi goes on his um, arc of becoming a great person, and like, telling you to do good you do need those areas of darkness and being like no actually things hurt mm. uh, it's not all just hunky-dory yeah mm. um, excellent so um as we move on um the absorb loft design what do you think of it and peter k while we're at it i mean peter k i, I love that man he's, he's great laugh and he clearly had a great laugh doing this I can't see anybody else doing the Absorber Loft better than he the could. The only person like... that could have done it even slightly well. And I yeah. think it's the only reason it's even possible is because he's the one doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, he is yeah. just that role. Yeah. He is the genuine for article. <laughs> the genuine article, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, yet, I think the, um, the way that the Absorber Loft sort of represents the darker side of the community, those people who are um, very one 
track mind and refuse to sort of believe in other people's um sort of um views and stuff oh, i think I he like represents that. that he's the toxic very well yeah that's what i was about to say <laughs> <laughs> he absorbed a lot killed the 13th doctor we've solved your murder mystery <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, yeah, and I mean, so the Absorbaloff design was um, was a competition, and the kids yeah. designed the Absorbaloff as being the size of a bus. <laughs> and then the kids saw the episode; they saw what the Absorbaloff actually was. The kid was disappointed, and I can only imagine how much of a gut punch the designers of that bus must have felt. Oh. Like, I, was it the size remember... of a bus, but the same sort of shape, though? I'm not yeah. sure. Like, or I remember it... specifically size of a bus was what they were going for. Single decker, it, it double decker. Similar shape, yeah. Um, double decker. Um, <laughs> Why not? I do remember <laughs> he has subsequently he's subsequently released a video, sort of like criti- uh, critically analysing the episode, and overall he did quite enjoy it. Like, yeah, we should ask him to listen to his podcast. <laughs> oh, we should have got him as Maybe. a guest. <laughs> well, that's been great. That's been amazing. And Frey, what were you saying? No, oh, I was just saying that I've still got like I think two different copies of the magazine that that appeared in, and some of the others were really dire. So I think we kind of got away with the best one there. I will say the mohawk mm. was a, a interesting I mean, style of hair. Competitions aren't always bad in results. Right? fashion choice. The TARDIS in the Doctor's Wife was from a competition. That was yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was oh. excellent. Like, that was yeah. great. So they're not always bad. It's just, like, I think... The Primeval did a competition and they came up with uh, the Megaterrans, which were honestly some of the best, one of the best monsters. Yeah, but everything in Primeval them. is so brilliant, isn't it? That is Hit brilliant. me with that future Predator. Often 55 can only wish. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. shall we move on to the, um, the finale of this episode? Yes, I think we should. The, yes. the Doctor confronts the Absorbaloff and essentially tricks it into trying to kill Elton and then the absorbed people just push out essentially weirdly what's that metaphor for yeah <laughs> um the community banding together I think and it's very sweet getting rid of toxicity together yeah together we can yeah and then the doctor does a magic thing and saves the last victim which was the love interest of Elton <laughs> how sweet right driver and a spade very sweet. <laughs> now, I want to make this point because I just, I came up with it last week and um, Ursula as a slab um, oh God, I don't know this. Is, an, is an analogy, I think, for, um, <laughs> for, for misogyny and how men treat women like objects. Yeah, That's I my... agree with that. Because, I mean, and the Doctor almost, like, aids in it as well because he's happy to just bring Ursula back in object form for Elton to just keep under his desk for when like, he like it's, she's specifically it's... under the control of Elton now she is yeah. used by and Elton she, she also <laughs> says she doesn't age 
So well, maybe it's like that... at the end of the universe, you think me is just holding back <laughs> Ursula's lap. That's the extended curve, hell, Ben. And like, and like when he arrives, she's like, okay, go, 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 go under. Just hides her behind the chair so he doesn't know. Hi, Doctor. <laughs> it's just me. Nobody else is here. I've been so fun. <laughs> And then River and Jack pop along to uh, visit Ursula, just for old times' sake. Let's see, yeah, what happens after Elton dies? Is there, like, a a, a will or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's, 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 she becomes part of his tomb. Like, she's one of the... Uh, oh, that's that's a really boring life, just standing, sitting in a graveyard with your face out on a paving stone. Oh, yeah, and yet we have a lone centurion waiting for Amy to wake up. Yeah, the Doctor was really just... That was not a good call on the doctor's do you think, part. Do you think <laughs> no. if do you think if Ursula can't die, then she can get miracle aid? Um, so if she gets burned, she's still alive as her constituent particles. Ooh, that would be painful. Yeah. Ooh. Why do you have to make it so dark? Uh, <laughs> it's because it's a happy turnover, right? We're gonna dark note here, and um, we'll move on to the next episode. So. Um, <laughs> This next episode, it stars the third Doctor and Joe. It has political allegories. It has returning villains. It has Britain as its highlight. It has returning fan favourites. It is, of course, the Curse of Peladon. Except it's also the claws of Axos. And this time it has a unit family in it. It just turns out that people keep complaining that Doctor Who never used to be political. And then you show them any episode of classic Doctor Who. And politics everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't do podcasts for Happiness Patrol last year, but Happiness Patrol is always the obvious example. You have Thatcherism in its prime, while here, Third Doctor era was always concerned about Britain and politics in this regard. You've got Silurians, um, you've got Sea Devils, all of that builds into your politics. Like from the first Third Doctor, environmental you've got, stuff. Exactly, yeah. you've got um, Second Doctor, Enemy of the World. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that. Like. <laughs> Everything is political, and so people being like, Doctor Who never used to be like this. Yes, it was. It was pretty in your face. Like, we, we watched this yesterday, and we immediately saw all the political allegories. Not even here. five minutes in. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, the second story set in, like, Monday at the time, which was um, Planet of Giants, that was all about, um, uh, like, uh, insecticides and stuff being really bad. So oh, I yes, don't know what I you're talking that. about when no politics it's like and daleks it's fascism yeah <laughs> but meanwhile this episode is like english for the english um yeah brexit so, means brexit mate <laughs> so as a rough overview of cause of axos a ship arrives on earth it hits kent hooray um <laughs> and um <laughs> is it with spaceships and ken <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway so we meet we meet what turns out to be the axons and they come with a proposal for unlimited energy with axonite this incredible cure and it seems they all have it, unlimited rice pudding it it seems they almost they do. it seems almost too good to be true you know like too, almost too good and yet our politicians are like yes i'll have this and i'll have this for britain but the axons are like no you have to share but the axons <laughs> don't realize that politics exists and bureaucracy exists and really i don't know how the masses didn't brief them that rolling out this axon light across the whole planet in 72 hours is 
just unfeasible, right? I, I think the master just zones out all the politics. I think he's fed up with how the world works. It's just like, master, how so... do you guys still cope? That's <laughs> just why the master just wants to subjugate the earth. The first yeah. time you see the master in this episode, he's just like committing so tentacles. Like, oh, the doctor didn't save the day, bureaucracy did. Absolutely. Um, and so we get bubble wrap monsters and guy under a blanket and um stuff happens and there's a light particle accelerator which we'll discuss and we'll we'll get into that later yeah um and then the ship has explosions and oh it's great there's a load of backstabbing and the master can't be trusted because who can trust the master yates and benton are back it's yeah it's a classic unit family story it is a fun run around i enjoy this is the first time i watched it so uh yeah i was I really enjoyed most of the story, to be honest. It was quite interesting, and I quite liked the axons and their motivations and kind of how they didn't really care who was with them as long as they got what they wanted and then left or something like that. Yeah, um, although their design... It was an interesting (laughs) one. (laughs) There's a lot of designs in this episode that are interesting, right? (laughs) Yeah, I wasn't expecting because I've seen images of the axons before, and I, I I knew what they roughly looked like, but I never seen one close up. Their bulging eyes. Yeah, that was an interesting choice. Eyes, yeah. How did they see out of those? <laughs> <laughs> they they see like in not in a hundred and eighty degree vision, but like at least they have like small tiny drill holes that they, <laughs> they can see, see through. <laughs> And then we have the big eye that's actually totally not GLaDOS, totally not the space core. Um, and then we have the spaghetti monsters. Which, they're weird. Which... I didn't realise. The, they are the axons, right? Love them. Like they're just another form. Yeah, they are. That's a true form. They're actually the uh... crew but yes, I'll let you off. <laughs> so yeah, um, we, we've seen... Don't play well, games with me. We've potentially <laughs> seen these... Um, <laughs> these uh, uh, costumes before. Uh, they look very, very suspiciously In similar fact, to the, uh, the Yeti from the Abominable Snowman. <laughs> <laughs> but then we also see them about five, six years later in the yeah. Seeds of Doom. Seeds of Just Doom is great Green story. this time. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's, it's so good. Maybe we should talk about Seeds of Doom for another ten minutes instead. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no... Um... They're just spaghetti-based, and the whole ship design is quite organic as well. It's really um, weird. It's very fleshy, isn't it? That's one way of putting it, yeah. And there's tentacles everywhere, because the third Doctor era... <laughs> it's always got tentacle. a tentacle, yeah. There's de- like, the tentacle jokes just keep coming, and... Yeah. Um, I really don't you like could... the tentacles holding them into the walls. That yeah. really, you could tell, really you could tell Pertwee <laughs> is kind of used to it as well. Well, yeah, because like Pertwee's first episode was uh, Autons and the Nesting Consciousness. And yeah, nesting consciousness, a... The Nesting Consciousness wraps his strange. tentacles around his throat and tries to choke him out. Yeah. Like, he's used to this. Um, in fact, you know, um, in Series 12, we have the TARDIS clearing up some accrued tentacles. Uh, TARDIS crew, the fam, uh, clearing up oh. some tentacles from the TARDIS and it's like, why aren't there tentacles? But clearly Chibnall just really loved the third Doctor era. He brought back the titles, he brought back tentacles, like it's all just... A- he killed off unit! <laughs> what was that? This is true, that's the point. Everything why would he do that? Lost. Everything has a cost is my conclusion. Also, you brought point. up Orphan 55 a lot today. 
Wait, was this one? Was that was all from 55. 55? Yeah, no, that I don't remember. That's how it begins. Like, honestly, tentacle I honestly goop thought it was like Praxius or something. No, they clean up tentacle stuff and then they get a teleport to a spa. That's how they work. <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly, my episode is good for something in the end. So, moving on from Orphan 55. Um, classic what we need to discuss is Joe and Third Doctor. That's oh. a classic dynamic at this point, but. Unit family and Delgado as well, because this whole era is just them being so pure together, right? So good, <laughs> so good. Uh, there, there's a reason that they uh, that they just they work, and then they've like we meant that was mentioned in Battlefield last week. Like you just want to revisit them so much because they just they work well so well together. Yeah, like it's such a great era of a show, like. I want Big Finish to give me my Unit Family Special Edition like release, just just because all mean, the actors are here now and they've got the recast of the Third Doctor and Delgado down. I want it. Yeah, I would pay like, a lot just to have them back. Yeah, they've sort of been doing bits and pieces. Yeah, they are. They're building through it. So um, the Unit audios obviously bring them back. Um, Delgado is still not really around, but we're getting there. Um, and it's just also fun. It's the thing about Third Doctor era. I think, yeah, exactly. And one thing that Battlefield did, um, which the Third Doctor era does a lot, is not take itself too seriously. It's very camp. Mm, yeah. Um, like Definitely. the ideas in the unit family, like the master tries to summon demons, right? <laughs> or the master goes <laughs> on a frontier in space, um, or he's in the colony. Um, it's or all just... in this one where he's just captured by the axons. Just... And... <laughs> like he's just there <laughs> <just egg-bear laughs> at the like, beginning. Like, like, there's no, there's no reason happy. for the master to actually be in the story, but you see him like, yes, of course you're here. Of course it's a third doctor story. You're going to be here. He's just like a little damsel in distress stuck in the corner. Like he's just <laughs> constantly trying to flag and like is. Missy or I don't remember who exactly, but um, it's just defined by. Delgado is just a doctor yearning oh the master yearning after the doctor's attention he's just a puppy who wants oh, to yeah. be seen he's not even like he has threats but they're never really that threatening you're just here for their dynamics yeah, you can it's see like how it's like that scene in the TARDIS where the doctor talks to the master and says hey do you want to maybe run away and we, we could just leave this and let them do what they want and the master's like wait really you, you, <laughs> go away with me <laughs> I really loved the whole, like, we're either going to escape together or die together. <laughs> like, they're such dramatic little boyfriends, and I love them. <laughs> just such drama queens, right? Like, the master's unsure if the doctor actually wants to escape. He's, like, slightly unconvinced that he could do this. But, no, actually, he's he's going to convince himself because he wants the doctor to escape with him. That's why he's going to believe the doctor would leave Joe like this, right? Yeah. He just wants to get away and have a great time together on their honeymoon. That's so sweet. I, and I love how the master's yeah. whole thing at that point is mostly just, I'm going to make an evil plan and then help the doctor foil it so <laughs> we can be boyfriends together. And bond and spend time together. And... It's, and it's really oh. sweet. And it's just Delgado's classic so bits of like, I am the master and you will obey me, which are classics for a reason. Like, <sighs> I love fun. that. I love him. And also his motif. It's so good. I I love the little motif he has of dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, like, 
the third Doctor era is full of archetypes. All the stories are set up in the same way, basically. Somehow the Master is behind this, or he's he's here somewhere, right? Somehow the Master is doing something in the third Doctor era. Joe, the third Doctor, Benton, Yates, and uh, the Brigadier are here to stop him somehow. The Brig may be in Geneva. It's a 50-50 coin toss in some episodes. But this or he's is the calling them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but even then, the episodes are just so fun. They it's are, so yeah. hard to dislike these episodes. Oh, they are. Mm. Like, terrible uh, CGI, terrible prosthetic, like Carnival of Monsters is uh, a choice of an episode and style. But uh, it's still fun. <laughs> it is, right? Like, the, But its the story is, the... is so yeah, fun. Yeah, it's really great. The eras never take themselves too seriously. I mean, the uh, science as well, if we want to go on to that. It's uh, an yeah, interesting science. choice of... <laughs> I was immediately oh, yeah. told off for the pointing this out because it's sci-fi, but light accelerator. Yeah. <laughs> well, light accelerator. How do you measure past the speed of light? And what Come was the, the dial that had one light, two light, three light, four light? <laughs> wow, we're going at six light. It's going to blow. <laughs> How many light do you have? Oh, seven. How many lights have you seen today? How many lights have you seen today? <laughs> I'm seeing one right now. It's shining in my face. <laughs> no, and, and like, oh. the plot, but the plot does work as well. Like, yeah. you can sort of excuse it. Oh, it does. Like, like I so can't excuse it. Battlefield, I excuse for everything. Right, last week, I, um, the Axonite idea is good. Um, they are t- trying it to tell is. a political story here about resources. Um, yeah. and corporate greed and political greed, I guess, is what's happening in this episode. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's a lesson for this week, kids. <laughs> Don't um, be greedy. I thought the lesson for this week was to invest in GameStop. <laughs> no, I think that's gone down now. I don't oh, yeah, yeah sorry. Right. I was last don't jump on it now. I was last. <laughs> no, especially by the time this podcast comes out, it's probably like plummeted. Yeah. People are crying. On the yeah, you might want to target another one. Um. <laughs> uh, put put it into Nokia is what I've heard. Well, me too. I was going to say that. <laughs> I still don't know how it's doing though. What Nokia? <laughs> yeah, I haven't checked. Wait, have you put money in Nokia? No. <laughs> I thought you had. No, I mean, it's brilliant. Uh, this. Whenever the accents are concerned, like there's normally some sort of corporate greed because um, the uh, the second time that they come back, which is like 39 years later, it was so much later than like most other uh, classic villains to come back. Uh, they come back with basically uh, a similar vein to um, uh, Invasion of the Bane, where they're just selling these drinks in uh, 2011 um, Tokyo. Yeah, and... And um, turning people into uh, axons. That's... It's great fun. You should go yeah. and read the golden ones. It's a great uh, comic. There's, there's... And it leads into the child of time. There's also um, the Feast of Axos, which is Big Finish's take on them. Um, and the best part about that one is that their buttery smooth voices come back to uh, just uh, their dulcet tones, you know. That's the great thing about audio dramas. Is you're into, like, if you have ASMR about, it's going to be a great time. <laughs> um, that's me listening to Romana. Oh, her voice is just so lovely. <laughs> That's me listening to the Dalek time strategist in Enemy of My Enemy, to be honest. Um, the voice is just yeah. so good. Um, 
And the That's one me master... listening to McQueen. Oh, McQueen's master, yes. <laughs> so good. Oh, I love his voice oh, so much. So Every time soothing. he turned up in Masterful, I was like, yes. It's so man, soothing, yet so chilling. <laughs> and the way he just pronounces, oh. like, everyone by best their name. It's yes. So just give me, if Class ever gets a series two on Oddness, which currently looks unlikely, make it the it's not. Master. No. People wanted to be Missy Master so she can go up against Quill, but I need McQueen Master so he can pretend to be a teacher. That would be so good. <laughs> Fantastic. That would just... Oh, yeah. Fan- yeah, it would be brilliant. Yeah. Um, and before we move on to questions, the last point I want to make is... is, it, um, is it the, the yo-yo? Doctor, yeah. The Doctor calls himself an intergalactic yo-yo. <laughs> of Rassilon. Um, and the thing here... Speaking of Rassilon. He does this quite often in the Third Doctor era, and it makes him this seem one. quite callous, in my opinion. Like, he actually did want to escape. But personally, I don't believe the Third Doctor would actually go away in the way he does. And like... I don't know, the- he's been on earth for a while now he's pretty bored and he wants I know, to the way he says goodbye to joe and like and at the end joe and the bridge oh, yeah. him being like oh you <laughs> well okay no that was because he knew exactly what he was doing and he knew he was going to come back at least then but he probably did think there may be a way that i could get the tardis to work and finally get off this planet but to be fair if he got the tardis for away, a little bit like after three doctors he would take joe with him yeah, yeah, obviously um, he'd come back at some point and then yeah. like say, hey, Joe, I've got time travel now. Good time with... gap for Big Fish to fill in, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the only time I think Third Doctor was really callous about it was in Inferno, where he generally just wanted to leave Liz and the Brig behind. Mm-hmm. But once he like realised... And then ends up in a like, dumpster. And the Brig mocks him for it, which deserves. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, it's Third Doctor era. It's archetypal, but it's just so fun. I will watch fun. it all day. Uh, yeah, speaking of fun, good. Um, <laughs> Love and monsters, obviously better, right? <laughs> True star <laughs> of the show today. Anyway, so questions. Which one should we start with? Should we go with the Axons one first? <laughs> the Axons one first. Yeah, yeah sure. So yeah. this is from Tomothy. He asks. Um, <laughs> What do you think about the episode favorably portraying resource hogging? It, it doesn't. I don't <laughs> think it does. <laughs> yeah, so, so I just don't think it portrays any of it well. The, the politician Chin is his name. Yeah, Chin. He's he's not portrayed as a nice person. Like he's he's very much this sort of weaselly, oily um, civil servant, and he's. He's not a good person, and I kind of wish he'd been killed off. I don't remember if he did. I don't think he did. No, no, I don't think it was only side like non-named characters that got killed by the Axons. I, I think Chin should have been killed off by the. Yeah, Axons. I mean, I don't like, think the episode just generally portrayed resources well. Like the Axons were pro-globalization, but they were pro-globalization so they could collapse Earth. I yeah. think the political motive here was yeah. that resources should be free all round. Um, but you shouldn't force it either way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. idea in the end. Yeah. Um, very neutral, you know, for this politics. Okay, so next question. This is a question from me this time. This is for Wine and Freya. 
Which character do you think is most likely to die in Gallifrey Time War 4? I don't accept it. I just, I simply do not accept it. it is, nothing's going to happen. They're all going to be absolutely fine. And they're going to run off into the sunset like that time in Brax's dream and all get married. And it's going to be beautiful. So for our listeners, me, Owain and Freya are waiting to break our hearts. And it was supposed, they were hoping it would come out this morning, but... Luckily for this podcast, it didn't, so they aren't as emotionally traumatised as they We're would have been. We're waiting for Leela to run into battle and be fought to be killed. <laughs> You're also oh, waiting yeah. for Rassilon as well, aren't you? Oh, I'm waiting. Oh, no, yes. For, yes, I'm waiting for Daddy Rassilon. <laughs> um, I fully expect um, that either Brax or Narvin will die. And yeah, if I'm going to make a serious prediction, Narvin probably. Yeah. I... I suspect I that they might. Is it all our hearts? Christian agrees with me on this, but I suspect that they might uh, kill off uh, Armitage Rassilon at the end. Maybe um, just surprised to be not have. But, but, but they killed they off Rassilon in, in oh. series two as well, so I don't think they may necessarily do that again. Um, yeah, but imagine instead the final like, scene that Rassilon towers over Gallifrey, all powerful. Oh my god, that would also be good. Like, <laughs> I... and then the theme cues oh. out, and, and it's the end. So um, there's um, there is a trolley a question here that I think um, Michael asked, but. I'm not sure how pleased certain executives. I think we're run out of time anyway, exactly. so I feel so, like we should wrap this just up. Just for the record, between you and me, would I pull? It would have been bad. No, <laughs> I would not pull the lever. I would. I'm going yeah, I would to pull stay. I will okay. stay. Keep the second part of that question to myself. Nice. And then keep Ben. <laughs> anyway, next time keep is going to be yourself, a right? <laughs> a ne- an extra podcast for you all when we talk about the Peter Cushing Dalek films. It's uh, a movie night extravaganza. Woo woo! Um, yeah, there's right only God. two films. And... Saturday, seven pm. Be there. Well, you'll. I don't know when this will come out, but sure. <laughs> there was a third one, but it's it died. Time. It died. It's, it's so an adaptation F of the, um, the Chase, which is tragic. The Chase. My mecha oh, that would have been so good, though. Mm. Like, imagine that. As, it is so good. That's, that's the thing. It is so good. Then. But it doesn't exist anymore. Maybe Save you'll it find it Saturday. <laughs> anyway. Gotta go. Uh... It's time. Yes. <laughs> So, thank you all for listening to us. It's been a great podcast. And Jacob um, will be back, don't worry. Allegedly. <laughs> those, those people who... He'll think we've done such a good job that he lets <laughs> us keep this. Yeah. 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 Order will be restored I shortly. think so. We've done a great job here. So, exactly. um, <laughs> that's me- us done. I shall... Oh, we shall see yeah. you guys another time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.